When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This time, I am bringing you a roundtable of people who also talk about productivity. It's me, Steve Dotto, and Mike Vardy. This is a very large chunk or excerpt from a weekly show that we do live on Blab. It's called the Productivity Powerhouse Hour. I think that's what we're calling it. Anyway, uh, you can find it and you can find us on blab at blab.im slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. If you go there, you'll find the replays of past episodes, including this one, if you would like to watch them, or you can listen through this at your leisure to get a taste for it first. In this conversation, we had live in front of a online studio audience. We talked about uh, some opening news about Evernote having some layoffs and a couple other things like that. And then we get into the meat of the conversation, which was really truly about task management and project management software. Is there a difference between the two of those things? What are the different options that are out there? We did not cover every single one, but we did a good initial broad swath touch on all of most of them, as poorly as that is stated. So I really hope that you enjoy this. I hope that you look forward to and even subscribe to our future shows. And before we get into that, I wanted to let you also know that we have a new supporter here at Beyond the To-Do List called Transpose. That's T-R-A-N-S-P-O-S-E, Transpose. And they are a new awesome platform that helps you manage everything. Yes, everything. It's got drag-and-drop simplicity, tables, calendars, Kanban views for managing projects, contacts, content, and more. I was sitting in with one of the creators of this, and they were walking me through it, and they were showing me how there were pre-made templates in there, over 200,000 of them. And I could pick and choose them to to use uh, for personal and business uses. He was showing me – I mean, he, he did this on the fly, and it blew my mind. He created a template for future episodes of Beyond the To-Do List right there that I could use with guest names, their website, if they had, you know – a landing page they wanted to direct to, what date that it would publish, that you could throw it on a calendar in there, all that different stuff. It was pretty amazing. And he described Transpose as a pretty decent hybrid between the ubiquitousness and EverCapture of Evernote and the OneNote, Microsoft OneNote functionality where there's templates and things like that. I'm telling you, this is going to be a pretty big deal 
if not for me, for everyone else as well. So I would love it for you to check them out and tell them that you heard about them from Beyond the To-Do List. You can do that by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash transpose. Check that out. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash transpose. Let them know that I sent you. And you will be hearing more from them, from me, over the next few weeks as I talk about the different features that it has and what I'm using it for. Because, yes, I am a user. Anyway, let's get into the conversation. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Productivity Powerhouse. I am Steve Dotto, your erstwhile host, and along with me, admittedly weird, Eric Fisher, and Mike Vardy, just before we began the show today, Mike says, Eric says, I'm a little bit weird. So we have to, <laughs> so I think we should just uh, give him that hat, hang that handle on him. A little bit weird, Eric Fisher. Uh, we are going to be talking about all sorts of things productivity today. Uh, and we're going to be starting things off uh, with uh, talking about, uh, I, I think before, I didn't tell you guys this, but before we do, I want to talk to you about these Evernote layoffs. Mm. It, it we did that like- last week. I know I did that last week, but I've got more information since then. Oh, tell us. Well, it's it's that there's a lot of there's a lot of there's been a lot of deflections within the ranks within Evernote as well. Apparently, uh, with Phil Libin stepping down and uh, new CEO stepping in, there's been a lot of discontent in the ranks at Evernote, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, And so it's sort of the kind of the, the blooms off the rose to a certain extent with Evernote. It's still a They've, they've got 150 million users, but their revenue doesn't necessarily match those numbers, you know, as far as what you'd expect from those numbers. They're a healthy company. It's not like they're going to be in any danger or anything like that. But they're, but within the, within the organization, there, I think there was a lot of discontent. And I suspect that a lot of the discontent came from their, uh, their product map. At the, in the past, that they were, we all noticed they were releasing products that just weren't ready for prime time. They weren't properly tested. There was no culture of A/B testing or user testing within the organization, which you know kind of makes sense when you think about some of the some of the some of the some of the uh, the ways that some of the apps were released to us and some of the some of the functionality. It's it's interesting that within all that chaos comes out probably their best app, which I think they acquired from the outside, which was Scannable. Uh, which has its, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is a, is just a might be the app of the year. It's just brilliant as far as as far as it, its application. But uh, but there was a little bit more behind going on behind the scenes. They say some of the um, one floor in particular in their in their head office is complete, almost empty. You could shoot a cannon through it and not hit anybody. But having said that, is it tw- no? That's right. I, I'm I'm cross. I'm cross-pollinating the Twitter layoffs, which I read about. Right, I was just going to say that. I'm getting a little bit confused. No, no, that was all Evernote. So any comments, guys, as I change the title for us here? Go ahead. You mentioned that you were surprised of the defections. Is that what you're saying? Like you were kind of – I'm surprised that there was a lot. I, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm not because I think that when you go from one CEO, Phil, who basically was one of the main – well, he was the the visionary – behind i mean and andrew or uh, eric and i both talked to andrew sinkoff right you mm-hmm. had him on your show too right eric eric um not sure or no i don't think so okay i've had him on my show and and one of the things that that um and i'll throw that into the the, the sidebar a little bit later but one of the things that that i mean when you're shifting from like phil who was like the founder essentially like the guy one of the main you know the main driving forces if not the main driving force behind Evernote as a company, and then you move to someone who was brought in from Google, 
who operate differently. Like, let's face it, they do. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see people go, "Uh oh, the culture ship's about to turn really radically. I'm out of here." Like, so I'm not really, I'm not really necessarily surprised. Um, I'm not necessarily surprised that there's been some challenges, but there's challenges going on at Twitter too, as we just discussed. Right. So, I mean, I think when you're dealing with, I think there's an article saying the first, uh, and I'll find it, uh, one of the first unicorns, like ever the first, <laughs> like the first unicorn that, which is what they call um, Silicon Valley startups that are like amazing and hard to find that, yeah. that do really, really well. Um, I'm not surprised. I think what I will, how they kind of, not reform, but how they kind of um, make these changes work. And I do agree that there were some apps like Evernote Food and Evernote Hello and stuff like that that probably didn't need to be focused on. They've got a new user interface that they're working with right now, uh, Evernote does. I don't think they acquired Scannable. I think they built it. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm looking I'm looking that up. I'm pretty sure okay. they built it. They acquired it all done Sketch. Enough, I know that. They acquired Sketch and they acquired Penultimate, but they didn't. I don't they believe they acquired once. They never made either, either one 100% stable. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And people, longtime users of both Sketch and Penultimate were choked right. that, you know, <laughs> I mean, they broke them. That's, that's kind yeah. of what people said. So you bought I just it and broke it. I just got used to restarting Sketch all the time. It's just like, oh, I've used it like three or four times. I'm yeah. going to restart it. So, I mean, it I don't know. right I, now, though. Yeah. It's I, working better now, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if anything, it just goes to show that if, and I think we've talked about this before, We, I know we've talked about it, is that when you're a, when you're a startup and you've got VC funding and then all of a sudden you're not, now all of a sudden have to charge users because you need to show some results for what's been going on. And they're not enough paid user base to, you know, kind of make up for that or to show that those results are there. That's when things start to get into trouble. And I think one of the biggest changes that kind of threw people for a loop, and I know I talked to Andrew Sinkoff about this, was when Evernote added those pricing tiers. And one of the big options that people really got choked about was the email to Evernote option that went away. And that, I think, still stings a lot of – so I think you're going to see a lot of people. I'm personally glad they did that. People should pay for Evernote. It's I agree. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying that so many people are used to like this app is free. Why should I pay for an app? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. because you want them to be in business as you rely on them over time. Um, the uh, so we'll let's uh, let's shelve the conversation about Evernote and Twitter because yeah. we can return to it. I think at the end, but we we promised to talk to talk today about task apps. So I think we should dive into the task apps and all of the refreshes that are going on in the task apps, and then we'll return to the politics and the and the business side of what's going on in the uh, in the, in the productivity world because I do want to just touch on Twitter. <laughs> report that I read about you know Twitter's horrible cutbacks, which include, by the way, uh, the ability for any employee to uh, to uh, just with a sim- simple email spend three weeks in a remote office. <laughs> One of their offices. I want I want to work out of Taipei this week. I, I'm just going to go there and work and, and, and allowing them to do that kind of thing, which is pretty awesome. Man, I wish. I know. Talk about it. You My know. remote office is a, is a garage. Know, garage attic office yeah. thing. That's I feel like working in the something kitchen right this now. week where I have heat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Eric's remote. So, so, Mike, I guess let's start with the Todoist story because to, there's a Todoist has been in the mail a lot lately. Yep. In yep. the mail. So, in the, uh, I'm sorry. The, the electronic the mail. Probably email. You probably yeah. received emails from them, so they've been in your inbox. They've been in, the, they've been in the news a bit. So what's going on with those folks at Todoist? Well, they just did a uh, basically a massive change to um, kind of the branding. 
Um, you know, their their logo has changed. It no longer looks like the Toronto Dominion logo that uh which by did, the way for the, it or, looked a lot like American that. friends do not know this, but your T D bank, that one that's a green T D, that's actually Toronto Dominion Bank. Yep. And as I walked through New York last week, I kept saying America's bank. Amer Toronto Dominion is based in <laughs> Canada, people. It's yep. been a Canadian financial institution for nigh on a hundred years. Yep. Yeah, it's it's the same with BMO. BMO is Bank of Montreal. Anyways, um, but but the Canadians oh. are coming. The Canadians are coming. <laughs> Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search. Just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people. Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They're but here, guys. You won't I, know. Listening, listening to the Democrats last night, the banks aren't going to have much power if those guys get back in anyhow. You guys got any space for me to move in with you come next November? Anyway. Hey, you know, our elections this coming better. week, we, we may want to move down there. There you go. <laughs> well, yeah, um, we've got but, our elections in six days. We have no idea what's going to happen here. None. None. I think we're going to end up with a minority. But anyway, um, so what's going to happen? So what with to do is what they did was they did a brand refresh. They also made some significant changes to all of their apps. Uh, and 
some people were really pleased by it. Um, and anytime you do a, a big change like this, so they, what they did was they made more natural language uh, stuff going on in the in the entry bar for tasks. And I'm sure anybody who's been using to do has probably noticed that if you typed in, you know, pick up a Saturday newspaper and you want, and it would actually take that Saturday in the task bar and make it uh, a scheduled appointment for Saturday. So they had to draw that back a bit. Cause I had a couple of clients who have addresses that they want to go visit. So like go to the, go to the fourth street arcade and fourth would show up. And all of a sudden it would say, October 4th, go to the street cafe. And I'm like, no, no, no. So it went too far the other way. Um, but the other thing they did was they removed the flagging option as a, you know, as, as to be as apparent as it, it was before. And I think that was done for mobile because on mobile now it looks a lot better. But on the desktop and, and web-based apps, the flags not only were removed and now the colors of the, uh, the colors of the circles are changed as opposed to the insides of the boxes. Um, and they also changed them from blue, different shades of blue to red, orange, and yellow. Um, they're bringing, they're trying to bring back some of their, um, power apps that, that power apps project that they were trying to work on where they had the extensions and all that. So they've been making some significant changes and I don't think everybody's, I don't think it's as, let's put it this way. I don't think it was as dramatic as another tools changes that were made recently, but they were still pretty significant, and it threw a lot of people off initially. So the so their new icon is these little uh, this kind of the Sergeant Chevron thing happening. It does. People were comparing it to the Buffer logo as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, Any it's, idea what it represents? It represents getting a bunch of things done. Three. It's got like the three check marks inside of a box. Oh, I they're check it. marks in a box. That's what they. See, I believe in the, represent. in the app, it looks like they're. You know, the, the, it looks like a the chevron off of a, a sergeant's sleeve to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's kind of what they tried to go for. Unlike Asana, who I'm sure we'll get to, they didn't really. I don't. I haven't seen anything that explains what the new logo is about. Um. Again, they're a smaller team than Asana too. So Asana went like all in with like, here's how why we did what we did, and here's all the changes. And they really rolled it out in a way that was um, far more. Yeah, there you go. There's there's a logo. Thanks, Eric. Um, Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, I don't know if I like this. I don't. uh, Let's put it this way: every time I saw the logo, I thought of TD 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 Bank. Oh, the old one. Did the the old one? Yeah, the old one. Well, that's us, you know. No, I don't I think so. Don't, and what's the only me, It wasn't me because I had no idea what Toronto whatever was. So. Yeah, it's okay. Just, just. I, I don't know what Toronto is. Anyway, um, <laughs> kidding. That's like the only place in Canada I've ever been. <laughs> I mean, Eric, you used to do us too, right? Right. So I don't know. I Again, I think it, how my question is this. How much, how much of the choice or what, what percentage – of the decision to use a certain task management app is the UI. And when they go start making changes to that, how much of your usability, you know, changes. How many people do you disenfranchise? You open the, if you, here's the thing about task apps. And I think you're bang on Eric is Mike and I have discussed this many times. There is no right choice. There are six or eight task apps. Well, there's one right choice, which is your choice. Yes. The one you use. When you change the UI significantly and ask people to learn to use it again, mm-hmm. you open the door for experimentation. At that point there, they go, I saw Dotto posting a bunch of stuff on that uh, on that Trello. It's supposed to be a pretty cool app. Well, let me take a look at that because I've got to learn this new one anyways. Right. 
And I think that you just open the door for experimentation. And yet we see these task managers wholeheartedly revising. I mean, we just saw it from, we just saw it from, uh, uh, oh, what's it? Uh, Wonderlist. We saw a complete refresh. We've seen a complete refresh now. Today. They've done it a number of times, yeah. Wonderlist. And I wonder if it's just because, I wonder if the nature of the, t- the task app is there's so much good competition out there that once they've captured a group is they feel they have to they have to revolutionize the product over and over again in order to you know kind of capture another third of the market you know of their of their cap size and another third of their install base and another third to, as a way of growing and i i wonder if that it's almost like it's almost um insecurity that causes the companies to do this because to do it does it sad well it's an awesome app i mean i didn't need more bells and whistles it had great integration with Evernote. It had great integration with my email. It had a it had a beautiful uh, it had a beautiful Gmail uh, Chrome plugin that worked like a hot damn, and I'd figured out how to use. And now they're going to say, "Ah, oh, Steve, you know all that stuff that you used. We might want to change that up, or you're going to have to learn to use it again." I don't even know how many people combined you and me, Vardy, have evangelized <laughs> to Todoist. So, I, you know, I'm not. I just put in the link, but uh, in the sidebar, by the way, that the, they do explain some of the changes and the evolution of their logo and stuff. Um, I don't think that the changes that they made were that radical that are going that they, but as hectic dad zero one says, it doesn't even take a significant change. Small changes can, you know, basically any small change will make people go, Whoa, 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 Whoa. This isn't what I was used to. So I'm out. Um, you know, that, which brings us back to what we were talking about initially. Like if Evernote, Evernote is making some interface changes, uh, as soon as those come out, you're going to see, I mean, the last time Evernote made changes, ad, adding work chat and things like that, people, you know, were like, I'm out. Like they, they forced just, us into that new, uh, that new interface in the, in the web version. Absolutely. When, so, did, when did the new ones do out, by the way? Anybody? The new Evernote? Yeah. It's still, it just says it's in beta. I've signed up to tr- test out it. And I haven't heard anything. So, you know, we'll see. Cramping um, my style. I'm planning a new version of my Evernote course. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine how, I mean, again, yeah. you and I have the Task Apps Made Easy course. <clears throat> we we have to redo Asana, Wonderlist, and Todoist now. So really, we should just wait till Trello makes a change, and then we can actually do it. Where well, it wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean we? We, yeah, fair point. <laughs> and do better with Asana, the product that I've championed for a while. I mean, I've got to redo that whole thing too. So that's another thing is that guys like us, you know, that that talk about these tools, we it almost makes us not want to do, like someone was mentioning, oh, screenshots, do videos, do things like that. I mean, when you're talking about every, you know, six months of reiteration, because that yeah. seems to be like any major changes are happening every six months and every wholesale changes are, are happening maybe every couple of years. It, it makes it challenging. That's why we're not seeing as many books about these things, by the way, too. We're seeing more like what we're doing courses and stuff because mm-hmm. you can change them a lot quicker. Yeah. So, so we'll get, we we'll, got a couple of questions. Let, let's go into those. And then we'll, and then I think we've kind of talked a little bit about the to do is change. And then let's talk about Asana, which Mike is, is, is right deep in. So hectic dad asks, Mike, I know you are two different. I know you are, you use two different task managers, home and work. Can y'all discuss why, why, not split your task management across two solutions. I'm not the only one that does this. Eric does it too. Eric and I have talked about this before. Yeah, in fact, we did it on this show. I think when we originally kicked off, we said, okay, what are you using? Mm-hmm. And we went round table, round robin, whatever. But the reason, and- the, the reason I use two is 
I prefer the interface of Todoist for personal. Like it allows me to hone in on the stuff that I need to do personally. I use Asana for team-based stuff because it's easier for me to scale Asana up with more people. So I've got like seven or eight people. Plus, honestly, a couple of people that I work from the outside actually use Asana. So it makes it easier for me to use that. And then yeah. how I use it is I just create a label in Todoist uh, called uh, Asana and anything that's living in Asana, I would just go, okay, I'm going to go to Asana mode and check that out. So it does separate those things. Um, there was, uh, I talked to um, a gentleman, uh, Jared Brown, on my podcast recently, and he actually shared an article about the guys that went ahead from Barrowman. I believe, and I believe it's, actually, I believe it's Trello and OmniFocus. And basically what he does is he creates redundancies. So he'll say, oh, I found all these tasks that I need to do that people have said for me to do in uh, in, in the team-based app. I'm going to bring them into uh, into into OmniFocus so I can have focus on it. So yeah, I would. That's why I just like to have those separations there, and then I go into Asana and spend time into in Asana for part of the day. But mo- but Todoist is the app that I look at overarchingly for all my stuff. What about you, Eric? Is it the same kind of deal? Yeah, and there's been I mean there's been at least a, somewhat of a change for me structurally. Social Media Examiner, my day job uses Trello for everything because we're always moving projects forward. And so I've gone to the place of, I have my Trello account and I, you know, I'm connected in boards there and that gets, you know, things get forward and, you know, my roles in those projects get moved forward or tagged or to do dated and our deadline is a better word. Duh. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've got my own personal board as well as the team I'm closely working with has its own board. So I've basically given up uh, using OmniFocus as my own work one for social media examiner and now using my own personal Trello board there. So then all that, all that world is in one place there. And then for home, it's things because that's the most simplified in some senses. It's the one my wife will, will use. So that's, again, there's the choice, the one that they will use. Uh, and heck, a guy has a follow-up saying, should somebody actually use two? You know, and I, I you don't I'd have say, to, you don't have to. The reason I use two is because I work with multiple. I mean, if it was just me working on my own, I would probably just use Todoist at this point because I don't need to have that scalability of Asana. But again, that's just my own personal preference. So I don't think, yeah. I think if you only, if you only need to use one, use one and get oh yeah and really use it well use take the again the approach is always more important than the app but make sure that you you know kind of get in there and say okay i'm going to really master this one i mean yeah potty chap saying i used to you know he the, to separate those uh you know i mean i i used to just use todoist and then i realized that that productivity was growing to a point where it couldn't all stay in there so it had to go to Asana, and then I created a means to get me to go to Asana, so that way I would go there. So I would say if you don't need to use two, then don't. But if you find that you can't get that separation, then that's maybe that's where this, that you, yeah. you want to look at it. The separation for me, I hear you say that word, and I think <clears throat> focus. I hear uh, silos because yeah. in order to get certain things done, I have to pretend other parts of the world don't exist right now. Or that there's only a certain way for those people to get a hold of me in case of an emergency while I'm in that silo. So that's one of the reasons why I would choose different ones. Um, yeah. He's following up. How do you know if you 
or if you only need to use one. Again, try using one, and if you feel like you've got I'd too much vastly, bleed over, you might be a candidate. You I'd might be vastly, a tenuous redneck. It's vastly preferable to use one. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's preferable if you can if you can make it work for you. But I think a lot of people don't uh, don't have that option because they they at work they're in Outlook, so they're already kind of locked and loaded in one in one environment, and so then they want something for their personal life and for the and for their kind of you know anything that's off their desk. Uh, so uh, one one more one more quick point: if you uh, the one of the ways to try to figure it figure it out. It, it, w- you know, if you want a tactical way is in like, let's say you're using to do or Trello, create a board or a list, like create a board in Trello. That's for personal, a board for professional. And, you know, make sure you're flipping back and forth between them. If, you find, if you find there's friction there and you're missing stuff, you're going to see it in Todoist have like large top level projects called personal and professional. And if you find that one's not getting paid attention to, that's going to give you that's going to send signals in Asana. Make sure you create two different workspaces, like make it so that you 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 have this capability, have those silos within that one app. And if it's not working, then, you know, you need to have a separate app completely free. And sometimes that's sometimes the separation isn't two apps. It's an app and a bullet journal or a digital or a paper tool. It could be mm-hmm. either no, or. It's not. It but, but I know I know, Steve, you're not a big well, fan of paper. But the point is, I, just is I am. I am. Yeah, I am too. For me, for me, electronic is the the hard copy. But for the day that I'm in, that's the paper copy because I want to see what I've got, be able to not have to keep looking stuff up online and just look down and be like, oh, that's next. Oh, that's done. You print off? Do you print off or do you write it down? I just write. I write it down because and and often I'll do it the night before so that when I come in the next day, I'm not. I mean, and I. I personally call this handing the baton to myself for the next day or my future self, whatever. So do, do you, as at the end of it, do you say from faltering hands, we pass the torch? No, but I, I don't get that reference. So, <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm not storming the castle. The Montreal, um, Canadian. <laughs> see, okay. I don't know. A lot more questions come in. So we should probably, yeah, yes, we should, on. we should go on. Um, by the way, I I I just so you what know, are, I, I I don't use multiple task managers. I use every task manager because I'm always trying, I'm always trying to demo. So I don't I'm a, I'm a very poor example because I I never I'm I'm I, I just flip from one to to another. Uh, some of the, let's what are some of the other ones that we've not? I mean, somebody's mentioned Nasby or Nasby, Nasby like however that. you say it. Yeah. Um, there's a few others. Again, I'm curious Nimble, to see. Oh, see arms. Sorry. As we're answering some of the questions. I want an OmniFocus. We didn't even mention that. That's weird. It's getting um, mentioned in the sidebar because we yeah. got some people asking questions there that, that we've been responding to a little bit. Thanks so, to everybody well, responding. Before, before we go to yes. the questions then, you know, I, and I know one in our in our task app course, Mike, one of the questions that we really tried to help people with is how do you decide which one? Now, I've got a simple criteria for deciding which one works for me. If you were, if, if somebody's coming to you and say, you know, I, I, I have a blank slate, how do I choose which task app works best for me? And I don't want to waste a lot of time mm-hmm. you know, exploring them all. How do you advise people in that particular case? How to choose? You know, I mean, again, we've talked about the whole idea of, I mean, you want, you want something that you're going to get into fairly simply. And someone actually, this is a nice one to, to kind of tie into a question that's in there. Carly asks, says she's been, quote, using OmniFocus, but find that she hasn't really been using it. That's the problem. You haven't really been using it. Yeah. Like, you so is that you one, or is that the app? That, well, that's the thing, right? And then the, how would you recommend switching to another app? 
I don't think the app's the problem. In fact, OmniFocus is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful task management application for individual work on the Mac, period, and on iOS, period. So instead of saying, how do I switch the app? The question should be, how do I use it more consistently? And that could be, and the problem I think is what happens is that you, you, people are often said, this is how you should use it. And Mm -hmm. They don't spend enough time figuring out how they should use it. So, yeah. you know, they'll take GTD elements, which is, again, Hectic Dad mentions this as well. Buying bread is an equivalent task to talking to boss. Those are completely different tasks. Talk to bread. Saying that, go, right? Saying that going buy to grocery buy. shopping is actually a project versus, you know, buy jam is, you know, so it's all, it's all, there are some semantics there. I think when you're choosing one, the key is to, Look at all the options that are that 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 are being mentioned in places like this and, you know, recommendations from others. If you have a choice, in some cases you won't and just give it consistent use. If you're if, I talked yesterday to a gentleman, um, Johan, out of out of um, at, uh, and we were talking about using Outlook as a task manager. And he came up with some really compelling ways to use Outlook to manage mm-hmm. tasks. Yeah. And and, and in mm-hmm. some cases, it you know, if what you have to do is say, OK, this is the tool I have. This is the tool that that you know I've been either using, and this lends itself well to the whole changes that Todoist and Asana have been making. Instead of saying oh, I'm out, they made changes, I'm gone. Say, okay, what are these changes? How can I leverage them? How can I, you know, do I need to create more labels that are going to be more effective in Todoist? Do I need to uh, start um, using Asana differently because of the way that it's laid out? Like, how can I make this work as opposed to just tossing the baby out with the bathwater? So when you're making a choice. I think the key is say, okay, I've decided and then give it like 30 days of consistent use, at least 30 days. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I think then it comes down to, okay, well then still, how do I choose? Well, you know, your budget. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately most of these things do the exact same stuff. You can do contexts, you can, or variations on what that means. You can, put tasks in, you can group tasks together, you can set up calendar integration, email integration, um, and again, some of these vary. But for the most part, most of them do most of the stuff. It's just a UI change or, or difference. I mean, am I wrong? No. I mean, really, no, and, that's, really, that's what it comes down to. And then the other problem that people come up against is they say, and this is being mentioned later, is, is they say, okay, they take too long to set them up. So they tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak. And then they're saying, well, I'm not getting enough done. It must be the app's fault. Instead of saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I mean, OmniFocus is a classic example of this because it's a tool that really is as simple as you need it to be, but as powerful as you want it, or simple as you want it to be, but as powerful as you need it to be. You can make a simple list in OmniFocus and not bring in perspectives and all these other things into into the fray. But if you want to, you can do that down the line. So people try to go, I'm going to go all in. It's the same thing that happened with Evernote. Steve, you and I have talked about this before. Is people go, oh, I, if I put everything in Evernote, then I'm going to be organized. But if they don't like have a sense of, okay, am I going to use notebooks or am I going to use tags? And then just build it out slowly. They're going to have a digital mess that they can't get. They, they no, can't the problem, get. Like the saying, problem with that, the like problem with that is the room's that, clean and I've thrown everything in the closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they do try and just kind of uh, they try and create all of their infrastructure right at the beginning rather than just start to use it. So you know, kind of moving slowly and starting to put kind of one thing at a time. Here's the criteria that I tell people mm-hmm. is in in, in in how I would make a decision myself is what fits best with the other tools that are essential in my life. Mm-hmm. And I would have originally I would have said Evernote, 
Uh, and I still do think Evernote, it, it has to work with Evernote. Whatever whatever task app I use has to work well with Evernote, integrate well with Evernote. But increasingly, <clears throat> I'm recognizing that it might be Slack that it has to integrate with and work I, well with. Maybe, yeah. That narrows down the list of what I want to be using. Except what happens now, and this bothers me in the task management space, is now all of them are trying to build a Slack-like tool inside of the uh, task app. Yes. Asana's just done this. Have they? Yes. Really? Evernote so they, did that with, their, with Evernote chat, talking. and it's not work chat, and it's not so working. If, it, uh, one of the big changes Asana, one of the big focuses <clears> they've <throat> made is they've got team conversations now, which they had before, but they're playing a, a, a emphasis on it uh, in the new design. Um, you can drop, but you can create tasks from team conversations now. So right inside a team conversation, you can drop a document in there. You can create a task right from inside of it. So really, they're trying to – Asana does integrate with Slack still. People mm -hmm. can still do that. We do that with Productivityist. But now they're trying to make it, okay, well, you don't need Slack because you can have your conversations inside of Asana – and you can create a task inside that conversation. But the problem, much like with Evernote work chat, is that it further, it brings that community. I prefer to have, let's talk about it outside and let's do it inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's talk, talk, talk. Like, mm -hmm. let's go to our meeting and then let's go away and do our work. They're trying to bring both of these things in. And Basecamp's got a design change coming up soon too that does the exact same thing. So what the problem is, is they're saying, I see a tool like Slack instead of saying, how do we integrate with them? How do we how do we make it so that people who have already adopted this tool that just caught fire? Instead, they're saying, you know what? Let's build something that will compete with it and cause honestly cause more in my mind, cause more confusion for our users. That's that's what I think. And then all of a sudden you've got a tool that instead of doing one thing really, really well, it tries to do four or five things. Right. OK, which is exactly what's happened with Evernote. Is there one task management app that is flying in the face of that and saying, no, we're staying to our guns. Well, is it Wonderlist? No, Wonder I think, I think OmniFocus is the one that's always okay. done that. Yeah. But it's Mac only, right? It is Mac it only. Is. Which is part of it flying in the face. People have said, build it for Android, build it for this. Okay. And they've got ways if you're on a Windows machine that you can send an email to it and all that stuff. Um, the only one I think that's kind of, I think, I think Nosby is the only one that really kind of is flying in the face and saying, you know, we're not going to build these things into it. And like, they still have really tight Evernote integration, um, things like that. Uh, but no, when Wonderless, we don't know what's going on with Wonderless because they were acquired by Microsoft. For all we know, what's going to happen is they're going to integrate tighter with Outlook, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I, think I will say thing. that so far, the Microsoft uh, things that Microsoft has acquired, they haven't made them worse. Of you know in, in yeah. the recent in the recent flurry of acquisitions, I can't say that anything has gotten worse. No, the only I mean, I mean even <clears throat> going some back people to, would say Skype to a certain degree, but what by being more stable? <laughs> no, I mean by mm -hmm. by changing the interface. I mean again, it it has been more stable, but some of the user interface stuff again back to user interface. So. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 Skype's always sucked, anyways. Well, but, there you I go. Mean, I think not the opinion of this panel. We're seeing we're seeing a lot of like you know the idea that uh, one of the comments here, and I agree, is like you know integrations um, are are if you can integrate tightly, and this was mentioned earlier, like IFTT and Zapier and or and stuff like that. Like, why not use those tools instead? Say, hey, you know what? 
let's let's develop a relationship with Zapier that allows us to um you know work better with Evernote. Let's let like that's where because what's happening is they're all it, it, you know pop lead itself. I, like everything I would rather of, see them do API level integration, frankly. I would I'd rather see them integrating directly in and not bring a third party in. Well, that's that's fine, but if they don't want to go in that direction, provide the, the question option is that, why would they not want to? What is stopping them from doing that? And then what does that mean share. for the roadmap in the future? Market share. They want to be the tool that everyone goes to, right? They want to be the one that like Asana wants to be the tool that everybody uses, and Todoist wants to be the tool that everybody uses. But the problem is, and we talked about this, there is no one task manager, there is no perfect task manager. No. And everyone's got this quest to build the perfect task management tool or the perfect project management tool. But they're forgetting about the again. And we've talked about this. We're getting about the one thing that makes it the perfect or ideal task. And it's the user. And every user is different, right? I mean, for some people, the perfect project management, task management tool is a whiteboard and a sheet of paper, right? You know, I mean, so I think that they're, they're chasing the wrong thing. Okay, well, let's let's shelve this conversation for now, because they aren't going to listen to us. If they do, God bless them. So Hectic Dad said, what are the best approaches that we ought to be using rather than the apps? Um, pick, pick a methodology, you know, pick, you know, and, and, and make it work for you. If, you, if you're a Covey guy, then use the Covey method. If you're this, I mean, pick a methodology, study that, and then apply that to an app. That's what I would suggest. You might even want to try the Now Your Method. And any of them out there, <laughs> you could try. That's what I would do. Which, which, which task app works best with the Now Your Method, Mike? I've done actually uh, almost all of them work very well with the daily map process. That, and I've actually done audio does recording. not answer the question. You know, I'm not, I'm not joking. What's funny. Just, what's funny is, is it's almost what, like, are you going to no, endorse? No, no, no. Listen, listen. It's almost like people are saying, guys, tell me which career should I choose? And we're like, yeah. dude, we can't tell you. Oh, I can. We can give you some options. <laughs> we can ask you some. Sure you can. But we can ask you some questions and we can tell you some options. But it's never good. I mean, you've got to try some stuff. And there's yeah, nothing absolutely. wrong with that. Well, it, and we and we actually did this. I mean, Eric and I have been studying this stuff for a long time. Right. And we were guys that said, oh, this app will make us more productive. And the more you spend time in this realm, you're like, no, 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 no. As, as Thomas said, Tom says, apps are tools. The, the app comes second. The, the, the approach comes first. So and, and to answer your question, Steve, I mean, I sat down and said, how can I make this methodology that I've crafted work? Like, how does it work with every app? And it doesn't work with every app. But I'm saying, like, I've recorded about 12. I send an audio to everybody who bought it saying, this is what we, there we go. How do we choose? Uh, <laughs> what career did I choose? They literally ask that question. In the, that's <laughs> so awesome. You better watch out because oh I've got. Oh, my gosh. I've that's got, so good. Anyway, let's, let's, let's shoot this, this, we'll this question, this, this line of questioning going forever. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to well, ask. I tried that. to stop it. Then you, and then I, you said just one know, more I thing. Tried, Steve. I tried to put a but button I, on it and I opened no, it up. Again. Going hey, just one no, more thing. but I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to give a, a, a closure. I want to give some closure to this. Sure. And then like I'm going to close after you. It feels like we dropped off a cliff. Ultimately, what I think we're saying is, is there's a lot of tools you can choose from. But what you really do need to do is figure out what you need the tool to do. First off, you also need to choose a tool based on methodology first, budget probably as well, because there are some great free ones, and then commit to testing one for a certain period of time and then move forward deciding if that's right for you or not. I would say I would put a caveat on that. I would say don't commit to testing one. 
choose one and use it and don't look back. I unless don't have it, any unless, argument with that. It no. does not work. And then if it does not work, you have to have a heart to heart with yourself to determine whether or not you're going to use a task management app at all. Yeah. Some people mm-hmm. even say use a calendar. I'm not one of those people. You know, I, people I, do. I'm old school. Back in the day, I can remember when I first got Excel before any of this stuff was around. I used Excel for everything. It was my calendar. It was my appointment book. I used it for writing my letters. I used it for, of course, <laughs> for calculating the odd spreadsheet. You can make any tool work for you. And I was incredibly efficient using Excel because I knew what I was doing. And I, and I got to know the tool inside and out. I don't know Excel anymore. It's very confusing now. But having said that, if you know all of these apps, all of these top-level apps, if you do some research and you choose one of the apps that we're talking about today and you actually use it, it's going to make you more productive. It's going to do the job. That's, that's the end of the story, really. Steve, do you have a do you have a place you're wanting to jump off to? Because I still see a couple questions that are pretty. Well, good. I wanted I, we promised to talk about Todoist and and and, and Asana and the and the changes them. But I let, if people want to continue on this vein, I'm I'm happy with that. I just want to make sure that we actually for once cover the content that we advertised. In we can we can touch on Asana. Do you want me to talk about the changes Asana made? Okay, and then we can loop back into the questions. Is that okay? Sure. You, yeah. Sounds are good. you in concurrence, Eric? This is not. This is a this is a little bit of a democracy, not a. A little bit of a democracy, yeah, like cool. every other democracy. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Let's go. So Asana made some very significant changes, um, over the, more so than I would say that than Todoist made. Um, and I'm going to put the uh, the the uh, that in the chat here. Um, they changed their logo. They changed uh, the layout, but they had already, it, what's interesting if you've been using Asana for a while is that they already started to change that layout a little bit anyway, um, which, which sparked a huge backlash from a lot of people. The way the categories were arranged, you couldn't drag things from projects to projects very easily. Um, some of the changes that they made in the new Asana, I mean, the, the whole, they've changed the color scheme um, the logo has changed. They describe how they how they've done that. Um, the coloring is a bit more um, oddly enough Zen like, uh, which is I mean Asana is a yoga type pose, right? So or yoga pose uh, or a, I think it's the name of what you would call a yoga pose. I can't exactly remember, but they really jumped as I mentioned earlier conversations. Like it's the first thing they mentioned in this post after they go through some of the color changes. So you've got public conversations. You can follow and unfollow conversations. You can link directly to a conversation. Um, There's that kind of stuff. Uh, So that was the big thing that they focused on in this new update. Other than like kind of changing the user experience overall, they said, here is the, here is the, um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus away from comments, which they're still there, but they're shifting people towards the idea of, of team conversations, which again, kind of flies in the face of using something like Slack. And yes, yes, probably, I did see the design of the, uh, the size of the Asana design team now. And that, that incorporates mobile and all that stuff. And that's the one thing that they always kind of struggle with initially. I thought is that the mobile experience was always far less um, desirable. They've changed that. So it's, a, it's, you know, I've been using it and I actually was, I got the chance to use the new version of Asana about two weeks prior to it actually <laughs> being released. I like it. I like the new look. Um, it feels more, um, it does feel more calming to me. It doesn't feel as, as you know, rigid. 
Um, well, Asana always felt like there was a lot of pieces that were put into it that weren't really. It yeah, felt like there was a lot of add-ons. Yeah, it feels a little bit more. It feels like it's got a bit more flow to it now. And, and um, you know, I mean, the new logo. A lot of people are like, "Well, what's with the new logo?" And they describe that as well. I like the color scheme as well. Um, I think we had enough blue with a lot of the tools out there, so we've gone with like an or like a off. But I mean, if that's Google's going to research the best color. I'm using it. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, they did spend a lot of time on research for color and stuff like that. So, I, I, again, the the thing is, is that once you're invested in a tool, and I mean, I've seen a lot of people have said, "Well, you remove this," and then other people are saying, "Oh, I love the new colors." And I was like, "Okay," and you can for now switch back to the old Asana. There's an option to say, "Switch, take me to the old Asana." And it's jarring now when you go back, you're like, whoa, what, what is this? So, um, and yes, Potty Chat makes a good point. You see only the elements that you actually need to see. Before you saw almost everything. Um, now you can really hone it in. So they've kind of created a little bit more focus there. So I think that what? that uh, I don't know where that comment's coming from, yeah. Pizza Slice, but whatever. Um, we never said anything like that. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that that uh, I'll say that that, that uh, <laughs> I think that that Asana's made some significant changes, and they made moves in the right direction with this change. So, and and are they going to? Is do we see a change coming in their pricing model? As we've seen a lot of the uh, companies shift their pricing because this has always been one of the. I mean, it's, was it fifteen or ten users before? Fifteen you users for free. Yep. I can see that. I don't think you're going to see any kind of increase in pricing anytime soon. I think if anything, they pay attention to like what companies like Evernote and that do. I don't think we're going to see any changes in Todoist pricing either. Um, I think we're going to basically be, you know, I think you're going to see the, I think what they need to do, they may do it down the road after they see how this new, new, um, new interface and new, uh, new user experience is. but I can't see it happening anytime soon. By the way, I do like Hectic Dad's opinion that this is actually an oligarchy with me as the king. Mm. Oh, jeez. Fair point. Fair point. <clears throat> I think it's reasonable. I think I'm the most qualified. <laughs> well, you are the oldest. Well, I'm the only one that can kick you guys off. Off with their heads. And I'm not. <laughs> well, I am the oldest. You are the oldest. There's yeah, no getting around that. Okay. All right. Hectic Dad. So what's what the, are the. what? Okay. Short list. Short list of five task managers. Well, I mean, oh, okay. Let's each okay. pick one. Well, sure. and give and them we'll, a short list. All right, Eric. So, er, 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 Eric, Dad, before we do that, are 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 you talking OS agnostic, or we can be OS specific? I Either. I think you have That's to be agnostic answer, because you can't control what other people are using. Okay, really. All right. Well, let's let's give let's so. give the list because I think a list. I mean, at least that way we're you know. I think it's actually pretty easy to come up with a top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not hard. Except we're going to okay. argue it. Once we hit four, we're going to argue. So Todoist and Asana. Yeah. And Trello. Yeah, I'd say those three are, are up there. Because those, those are the, that, I've done my job. Now you guys come up with the last two. Well, we just talked about Asana. I said just, Asana. No, you said it? Yeah. yeah. So those are the Why three that, I hear that. Todoist, Trello, and Asana are the ones you said. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. What else is agnostic? It doesn't have to uh, be not, not, well, but in my to. mind, it does. Nosby is probably yeah. the next one. Nosby, okay. yep. Um, I'd say Wonderlist hits is there probably, and I only think, and and the reason I mention Wonderlist is because of the simplicity factor. It's a gate. I think it's a gateway tool for sure. 
First one's free. Yeah. So is that First it? Task. Minimum of five. Now we're getting more. Basecamp. <laughs> here's the thing about Basecamp. I'm reserving that... judgment on Basecamp because I want to see what the new interface is because I think they took a step backwards with their last one. Basecamp works for in, if you're a web development company or something like that with the way that they're with the way that the projects are laid out. And it's only real competition on the list that we talked about was Asana. And Asana is just a much more elegant tool and far cheaper. And yeah, some some people are mentioning Slack, but I'm like, that's not a task, not a task management, management system. Yeah. That's a that's a no. And Evernote, I don't. Tool. And Evernote swipes. I've heard good things about, but the I don't think it's gimmicky. It is. It's not. It's not. It's too limited. Um, how does the list change for a team? I don't know that it does. Oh, well, the order would change. We would the first tools we would talk about would be Asana, then Trello. Probably. Trello, Asana, and Trello are probably the top level team ones first. And if you yeah. are in a team environment, then you should probably have a look at Basecamp because depending in, in here, it would depend on what are your clients used to using, etc. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, one of the things that you, you, we none of us live in a in a in a in a vacuum. And so it's one thing to get your team working on tools, but then you have you have people on the outside that also work with you. Getting right. them into the same environment, be it customers, be it freelancers, is also a consideration as you do this. So if I was a web development company, I would, even though I like Asana, I would probably look long and hard at, 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 at Basecamp just because it's been so established yeah. in that community for so long. Yeah, I'd say Basecamp is definitely... Uh, and you know, another one that people don't really talk about too much is Smartsheet mm-hmm. for, for teams. Um, you mentioned Excel, Steve. Well, basically that's, it's Excel on steroids. Yes. You know, it's like, it's like, so, I mean, that's something that you might want. I mean, you, if you're looking at team-based stuff, I would say Asana, um, you know, again, Trello, uh, Basecamp, um, smart sheet and i would even go as far as to say uh well i mean this one i mean nosby does have team-based stuff obviously to do as you can do it flow is another great one developed right here in, in victoria um bc mac only though right nope it's web-based oh it's web-based it's web-based now and they've integrated conversations and tasks stuff into it. but the problem with Basecamp tools like Basecamp and flow is that that you need to be a large uh, organization that can afford to pay it right pay for it yeah and then the other thing that you want to take into consideration as you look is is what is the leadership and what's the what's the kind of the uh, the trajectory line of the company. You know, you follow a wonder list and they you know they were struggling, struggling, and it didn't take a rocket scientist to say they're going to be either acquired or they're going to fall on tough times. I imagine mm-hmm. I'll remember the milk has a similar trajectory as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So <clears throat> you have to consider that those companies are probably going to get acquired by somebody else, and maybe their strategy is indeed. Uh, to be to develop a product, to develop a user base, and get acquired, which is was always something that I had a concern with Asana around for some reason. I, I'm probably wrong, but just I had the feeling with the way well, they were growing. It's interesting because I mean the guys behind Asana again are the guys to the co co first initial people that were with Facebook. So you, you look at, and Basecamp. Like let's look at the trajectory of Basecamp. Basecamp 37 Signals was a massive wasn't a massive company, but they had a massive product line and they got rid of everything so they could focus solely on Basecamp so far as to even change their name to Basecamp. So, I mean, that shows you where their mm-hmm. focus is being. And yeah. same thing with MetaLab. They got rid of ball, um, Ballpark and all their other stuff and they're focusing solely on flow in terms of that company's iteration. So, now, Let's deal with UbiMeet's question, which is, and I ha- I'm not sure I quite understand it. Are project management tools for teams, whereas task management tool is for teams or individuals? So they're asking if there's a, because the nomenclature. I think it's just nomenclature. 
It's it's, it's semantics. Just an, it's semantics. I think it's. I mean, Asana is essentially a. Pro, I mean, anything that has a large the ability to manage projects is essentially a project management tool. But I mean, task management is kind of what we talk about because it's the low the kind of the lower end of it. You know, like a task management tool can manage projects. As far as I'm concerned, as well. As soon as you hear project management tool, it kind of scares people. I think kind of like CRM can scare some people off as well. Which of our applications has the highest headroom? Um, as in the, 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 the greatest amount of time before you have to switch off to a dedicated project manager, which is incredibly expensive. So which one you climb the highest up the mountain with? Well, I think Asana and Basecamp, you don't ever have to leave if you're, if you're managing them accordingly. I think even, I think Trello, even you could be fine with, I think, I think to do leave. I mean, if I were to show you, I don't think Steve has seen this, but if I were to show you some of the 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 length and the depth of the board and cards and stuff inside um, social media examiner stuff when it comes to the use of Trello and how many people are going back and forth. And I mean, it's a hive almost in a way, but it's organized and people know what they're doing and they're doing it. So why is it organized there? I mean, how is there a king of Trello? How did, how did, how did, how do you get the corporate culture in an organization which is full of freelancers and part timers as well as staffers. You make it. You make it mandatory. But what? What well, have they you done? Know. Steve, you know it's it's Michael. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If the leader of the organization yeah. tries something and likes it, and then tells shows others how to do it, and then has those people show others how to do it, and everybody's learning how to do the certain same things, the culture spreads. So it's that's again, that's how you do it. Plus, Trello has a bunch of how you do it videos right there. That you can watch. Which I, I love still need to watch some more, but yeah, no question. Love Trello. It's always been Trello's great. I'm using it for um, the ta- some of the stuff I'm doing for audio production for Productivity is because that's the tool that my audio producer likes to use. So yeah, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is is you get somebody that's entrenched and they won't change out of their app, and then so then you have to you have to start using their app. Which is which is fine again because you just take the approach and apply it to the app. If you if you're good about it, you can do that. But if you're, I mean, the thing is, if you just create messes everywhere, then no one wants to go in there, right? I hope that you enjoyed that. I know that I did. Of course, I was in the middle of it, having fun in front of an audience with some of my other productivity geeky friends. But I hope you got something out of it too, that it wasn't just talking about different tools, but that you were able to start to think about what tools you need, how to choose the right tools, etc. And also, I hope that you will go check out the supporter for this show, Transpose, by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash transpose. If you enjoyed this episode, if you got value from this Think of someone else that you know would enjoy it and let them know. Shoot them a tweet. Shoot them an email. Just forward it to them, however you want to do it. And let me and Steve Dotto and Mike Vardy know by attending our next Blab. Again, you can find out when that will be by going to blab.im slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode.
Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.